0: Hello, welcome to episode 19 of the Phillies Focus Pod. I'm your host, Lucas, and the trade deadline has come and gone. Phillies added two players, one in a quality starter in Michael Lorenzen from Detroit, and a utility bench piece from Pittsburgh uh, named Rodolfo Castro. We will dive into that as well as the exciting come-from-behind victory versus the Miami Marlins. So without further ado... Let's get this show started.
1: Everyone was asked their favorite superheroes. You said Scooby Doo. I, I didn't realize Scooby Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore?
2: I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk.
1: That's fair enough. Okay. The kick, the pitch. Swung on, hit well, left field, going back on to De La Cruz, at the track, at the wall, he can't catch it, it's off the wall, it's in play, it bounds away, Cave is around third, he's going to score, and Bryce Harper has tied it up with one out, here in the top of the ninth inning, it's 1-1.
0: Yeah!
1: Robertson waiting, he looks at second, the 0-2, swung on, hit deep, left field, De La Cruz out of room, it's gone! (laughs) Castellanos crushes it to straightaway left. And the Phillies have a ninth inning lead. It's 3-1. to one. On an 0-2 pitch, Castellanos has given the Phillies the lead, and what a
0: swing. And what a way to cap off deadline day. Uh, what a victory to be shut down for the first eight innings on only four hits to last year's Cy Young winner Sandy Alcantara. Um, I really thought they were gonna bring him back out after the eighth inning. He was only uh, just over a hundred pitches. Uh, was just dominating all night, but I guess Miami wanted to break in their new closer David Robertson, who I have uh, I've been advocating for all season, but he. He definitely uh helped the Phillies out tonight. So um man, this team, this team just really never never quits, do they? Never say die, Tom. Never, ever, ever say die with this club. Holy Lord's sake. Never say die indeed. Yeah, I gotta say when um <clears throat> when Bohm struck out after Schwarber got on first base, um, and Harper was coming to the plate. I wasn't wasn't so sure how it was going to go but harper uh came up with yet another very clutch hit um his numbers are off the charts in the eighth inning or later this year and in clutch situations and uh just rocketed that ball to left field i thought maybe it was gone for a second um thankfully it was just outside of the reach of the of miami's left fielder um ended up tying up the game and then uh and then Castellanos with the, the big, the huge home run versus uh, Robertson. And, um, yeah, I got to tell you, it couldn't be happier for Castellanos and, uh, and the way in which he pulled it out um, through all the struggles he's been going through post-All-Star break. Uh, just really feel good for him to kind of get that monkey off his back and come up for uh, for his team in such a huge way. Yeah. Um, Right after the game, uh, Fransky was inter- interviewed Castellanos on WIP, um, in which Castellanos had uh, just really opened up and, and, and uh, was really raw. And uh, I'm going to play that interview now.
1: Tied it. And Nick Castellanos joining us downstairs uh, underneath by the Phil's Clubhouse. And uh, Nick, congrats on the win. Uh, how did that swing feel to you?
2: Fantastic. <laughs> for for the obvious reasons that it put us ahead in the game, but for personal reasons because, man, did I need that.
1: <laughs> well, we, we feel it for you, buddy. Uh, you. I mean, uh, there was a, a kind of a collective exhale from everybody, I think, to see you uh, unleash, uh, kind of unload on that baseball. Thank you. Uh, talk a little bit about how this struggle has been for you. And, I mean, I we know how hard you work and you're trying to, uh, fix it and and you've been really open about it talking about it um, what's this been like for you
2: a big learning experience you know that I think sometimes with hitting I'm such a field guy that that I'll have I'll get careless with like my work or my routine not that I not that I don't um, hit you know but uh, I'll take for granted that the game is easy and then uh, if you don't have that like religious work routine and plan every day, like when when the game goes sometimes it goes you know and you know honestly playing and playing in Philly you know everybody wants to win so bad the pressure is is more you know because of the expectations and that's why you know me learning is just st- having having the same mindset sticking with the work and just letting the game uh, come to you
1: Nick so awesome by the way so happy for you for the big hit I I, I wonder, can you give us, you talk about the hard work, and you've been in, there, in the cage and working with Kay Long, and I love this question, and I hope you can answer it, is specifically, though, for us and the listeners, what are the things for you that you work on? For example, is it pitch selection that's that you think's giving given you trouble? Is it mechanical things that you're working on? And what are some of the specifics uh, that you can tell us? Or is it a,
2: all of it? This is a fantastic question. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I, I want to hit so bad. I love hitting ever since I was a little kid, right? Um, but what gets me in trouble is that then if I if if I don't feel like I'm hitting well, I want to hit worse, you know, and then I start chasing and I start, you know, expanding and then I become easy and easy out pretty much, and then that's frustrating because then I start working on my swing and this and that and start tinkering and, you know, too much tinkering maybe is what you're saying. It can lead oh, no no doubt. Yeah, you know. So I wish I wish that I can turn. You know, my mind off when I go home, but, you know, a lot of times when I go home, I'm just walking around in the living room, figuring out, all right, this, 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 you know, and it's a a good thing because I, like, I'm I'm an obsessive person, but it's also a bad thing because, you know, sometimes you just have to smile and put it down and wait till tomorrow.
1: Uh, we're going to let you go. We knew you did the, uh, the the stuff with TV as well, but I just wanted to ask you real quick about uh, Michael Lorenzo. I know you know him sure. and uh, what kind of a guy he is, and uh, what the Phillies are getting.
2: Uh, they're getting an, they're getting a great person. They're getting uh, an unbelievable athlete. I think he's. I know Shohei Otani, uh, you know, is doing his thing, but Lorenzo, I think, also has struck out a hitter and hitting a grand slam or something like that in a game. And I know he's also made ESPN top ten plays in the outfield so you know you're getting a you're getting a very special athlete yeah he had a,
1: a thousand ops one year at the plate it <laughs> can rake right
2: uh he can he uh, can
1: hey nick uh, thanks for the time congrats on the on the home run good win and uh, go enjoy it awesome awesome nick castellanos uh starting.
0: The- yeah yeah i gotta say i just you that's probably my favorite quality of Cassianos is, um, just how real he keeps it. Uh, there's really no bullshit, no, uh, no holding, holding anything back with him. And, um, I just really loved that interview. I loved, uh, the vulnerability that he was able to speak with and, um, and just how, just talking about what it does psychologically to him, uh, when he gets into the struggles, uh, that he's been in and, and just how, how human, um, he came across, uh, with fransky there um so really love that interview and just so happy so happy for him and the team that they were able to pull this one out in the fashion that they did and um yeah hopefully they can keep it going moving forward now they got two more versus miami they did move into um sole possession of second place in the wild card just a half game behind san francisco now uh in that uh which puts him a half game out of the third-best record in the National League. Who would have thought we'd be saying that um, just a couple months ago when we were uh, at 25-32, and 32. Um, and now we're just a half game out of the third-best record in the National League. So, yeah, hopefully we can keep carrying this moving forward um, into, uh, like I said, two more versus Miami. we got Wheeler going today, and then... Um, and then we got a nice seven-game homestand uh, versus Kansas City, followed by a four-game series versus the Nationals. So we got a really good opportunity moving forward to go on a nice little run and uh, hopefully put some separation in between us and the, um, <clears throat> the rest of the wildcard teams uh, that we're kind of lumped up with now, so... So with that being said, um, yeah, we got uh Michael Lorenzen, a uh, good acquisition um by Dombrowski at the deadline here. Somebody that wasn't on my uh on my radar coming into today into today, but um, looks like a really solid pickup. I uh, yeah, he made the uh AL All Star team this year for Detroit. He started um. He started eighteen games this year in route to a, a three point five eight ERA. He's got eighty three strikeouts to just twenty seven walks. That's good for um, seven strikeouts per nine to just two walks per nine innings. Um, he has a four point zero two career ERA. So although he is his numbers are a little bit better this year than his career, there's not that much of a variance. So um, what we sh- what we see so far should be what we will be getting um he is uh approaching a career eye high in innings pitch so that's something to keep an eye on but um yeah they really uh are prioritizing ro- uh, rotation depth as dombrowski uh said he was going into this week and yeah some nice insurance if we're worried about um potential injuries moving forward and um and things of that nature it's it's nice to have the knowledge of that we have this depth now moving forward that um we don't have to worry too much about overloading guys i mean uh someone like aaron nola who has um historically his numbers are significantly better on five days rest as opposed to four days rest so um and all the workload that uh, him, Wheeler, and even Suarez have done since last year, it'll, it'll be nice to move into a, um, a six-man rotation for the next few weeks, see how that shakes up, and then play it by ear from there going forward. Um, so I do have some audio of Michael Lorenzen's uh, thoughts about being acquired by the Phillies followed by dombrowski's thoughts and uh in, insight on the acquisition and um some other things pertaining to the deadline which i will play right here the phillies
1: are a good team really good team um, i played with quite a few of them when i was younger and so it'll be fun to play with them again and um yeah it's gonna be exciting good good atmosphere good city um and uh yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity. I feel like there's still more room to grow, and I'm getting better. So hopefully I can, you know, when I go to Philly, I can go apply that, and, you know, they get the, the benefits of that. And I know Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach from Cincinnati, I'm the strength coach there from Cincinnati, Morgan. Um, so it should be should be pretty easy to break in. We've liked Lorenzen for a while. I mean, he's a guy that, um, you know, pitched well for them all year. He was even a guy we inquired about in the winter time but he was in a position where he really wanted a, a commitment to be a starting pitcher at that point, and we could not give him that commitment. Uh, Caleb goes back with them a long time. They've been together. He's always he's highly recommended him. So we've watched him for a while. He's been a good pitcher, of course. Um, he was really a guy that was one of the few people on our list that we thought could start effectively and relieve if we got to that point later on to bulk. We didn't get him to that. We're going to a six-man rotation to start off right now. I'm going to handle it that way. And so, um, but he's been a guy, I mean, pitched in the all-star game has good stuff. Uh, I draft choice in the past. So he's always been someone that's been a a quality major league
0: pitcher. It's very interesting to hear both of their thoughts in terms of uh, Michael Lorenzen and his opinion about acclimating to this Phillies team, as well as Dombrowski's thoughts behind his deadline moves and uh, lack thereof. Um, as far as Michael Lorenzen, he definitely seems like the type of guy that is going to fit right into this Phillies clubhouse. Um very athletic player. You heard uh Franski joke with Cat in the Cassianos interview about his ability to play outfield and and hit. Um how he mentioned he had that uh thousand over a thousand OPS with Cincinnati that one year, albeit in a small sample size, but really speaks to his uh overall athleticism and versatility um speaking of his versatility really m- reminds you of uh, a lot of matt strom out of out of this phillies bullpen um in his ability to play many different roles historically he has a lot of uh time as a relief pitcher and has uh <coughs> has converted to a full-time starter uh last year and this year um so yeah, should fit right in. And speaking of Matt Strom, he, he looks a lot like Matt Strom as well, uh, just a right-handed version. It reminded me uh, a lot of that Seinfeld episode with the doppelgangers, where Elaine meets the uh, the Bizarro version of Jerry, George, and Kramer, and when they, uh, I posted on the Phillies Focus Twitter page uh, a gif of when they when they all meet each other in the episode and how they're just kind of looking at each other very um, dumbfounded and confused at what they're looking at Uh, I said that that's going to be how it is when Matt Strom meets Michael Lorenzen in the Phillies clubhouse so that was cracking me up the uh, the similarities between the two and the um, and how much they look like each other and everything so so all in all, uh, very happy with the, the deadline deal of Michael Lorenzen that's going to provide uh, a lot of pitching depth for this team heading down the home stretch. Um, so I uh, did think it was interesting as far as Dombrowski talking about not wanting to add redundancy at the deadline as far as um, adding on to his team's weaknesses and you know the philosophic- philosophical thoughts behind that I have to wonder if that was a slight reference to uh tioscar Hernandez from the outfielder that they were looking at from the Mariners who leads the league leads the majors in strikeouts um so I have to wonder in terms of him referencing redundancy if he just thought that um with Oscar, uh Hernandez leading the league in strikeouts if that was just not something that he felt comfortable adding to this team as it could potentially just pile on to an already um a, a weakness that they already possess um and not wanting to do that so um I did think those comments were interesting by Dombrowski another uh another deadline kind of fall out with the Marlins uh were heavy buyers this year and added a lot of different pieces and a, a casualty of that was uh old friend Gene Segura who got traded to the uh the guardians in the Josh bell trade and um <coughs> they immediately uh got dfa'd by the guardians so he is on the waiver wire now so uh you really have to wonder if the Phillies are going to be interested in looking at adding Gene Segura as a uh, as a bench piece on this team um on one hand that would be potentially really great for the clubhouse and overall team morale as Segura was uh very close and welcomed by um, many of his teammates, particularly uh, Bryson Stott, who the two of them were best friends. Um, so bringing him in alone could do wonders for the locker room. Not to mention, he, he started off very, very poorly for Miami this year, but really, uh, really started to turn it around um, over the course of the last month or so. So he could be uh, very valuable as a right-handed uh, utility bench piece to play uh games here and there versus left-handed pitching and uh potential defensive replacements um date uh, late in game so i would gonna keep tabs on that i really hope that uh the phillies do consider bringing him in and that uh that that could potentially happen down the stretch um i would love to see sakura back for these last two months heading into the uh hopefully the playoffs so Keep tabs on that moving forward. Um, speaking of right-handed utility infielders, that brings me to the uh, the second trade of the day for the uh, the Phillies. They got um, they traded Bailey Falter. Um, I guess due to the rise of uh, Christopher Sanchez in this rotation, Bailey Falter was no longer uh, a necess or necessary for us to keep on our forty-man uh, roster. So we flipped him to Pittsburgh for young right-handed utility man rodolfo castro um castro is uh, very young he's only 21 and he's under club control until 2029 uh he can play uh second base shortstop and a little bit of third base this this move reminds me a lot of last year's edmundo sosa uh acquisition late uh, in the sense of trading a pitcher that we no longer have use for and flipping him for a young um cost controlled player in uh utility infield player um so uh yeah yeah uh, this will Josh Harrison got DFA'd um after the Michael Lorenzen trade so Castro should fill his part um as a right-handed utility bat um he has a uh, hundred and eighty games in his young career. So, based out off of a one hundred and sixty-two game average, he uh, averages out to twenty home runs over the course of one hundred sixty-two games. So, a lot, a lot of pop uh, for just a utility guy. So that uh, that was nice to see, and um, he's really crushing left-handed pitching this year uh, in. In a small sample size, only 93 at bats, but he's batting two ninety in route to a uh, nine oh six OPS with six home runs. So, a lot of uh, a lot of power and a lot of like really really good numbers versus left handed pitching. So you could potentially see him get slotted in there versus lefties in this uh, final two month stretch. Um, but yeah, it is so uh, a good I think under the radar trade. Um, you know, especially long-term team-controlled uh, moving forward, there's a lot of potential there uh, if we can kind of unlock him on a more regular basis. And and if not, he does have a minor league option as well. So if we were to get someone, um, if we were to get Gene Segura, you know, we could uh, still have Castro down in a triple triple A kind of um, and honing in on his skills and maybe trying to improve him versus right-handed pitching as well um so all in all i would say uh very successful trade deadline uh they didn't make any uh huge acquisitions but they also didn't uh, mortgage the future or deplete this farm system at all so we're really just banking on our uh our star players uh playing up to their capabilities in this home stretch so um so yeah i just wanted to touch base on the uh the trade deadline acquisitions as well as the exciting victory last night versus miami and uh hopefully we keep this on going these last two um as well as into the weekend returning home versus kansas city followed by against the nationals next week so uh that'll do it for the trade deadline recap um episode as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, I will be back next week uh to touch base and, and see what we got moving forward. So alrighty. Thank you all again and I will talk to you soon.